Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. And we're, uh, we're continuing our Oxygen series this morning and uh, the series is about, it's about prayer. It's about how we understand how oxygen is good for our lungs and that we inhale and then it diffuses um, oxygenated blood into our extremities and our brain and everything else. That prayer, when we pray, it's something that we intake of God and then it diffuses into all the different, uh, in all the different parts of our lives that we don't even fully see yet. So we're here to continue this, this um, talking about a prayer life and developing this strength that when we pray and when we seek God, we actually are strengthened and it brings life to us. And I'm going to speak from Luke 7 this morning and uh, it's a really um, powerful scripture that um, I just, it's, so, it's layers deep so I'm going to do my best to go, go through um, what God's been telling me about this. But it's set in a time where Jesus is, he's been talking about the kingdom of God and that how if we develop our lives on his sayings that we build our lives on a foundation which can't be shaken. And he's, he's, t- he's telling the, um, the people around him this truth and then after this, Something amazing happens and there's amazing healing um, and we're just going to read that account. It's going to be from Luke 7 um, verses 1 to 10. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to read along. I'm going to focus my time here this morning in this, in this section of scripture. So Luke 7 and verse 1, it says this. Now when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and he was not already far from the house. The centurion sent friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy to enter, that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. To another one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant who had been sick, sorry, who found the servant well who had been sick. So our message this morning is entitled, Say the Word. Say the Word. And the thing about a prayer life is there's something that um, is quite important to understand as we approach our prayer life. The first time that prayer is used in scripture, um, there's this word, this Hebrew word, palal, which means to intervene. It means to arbitrate. It means to judge. And when, this, when we understand that truth, how we approach prayer dramatically changes. Yeah. You see, when we make a judgment, when we make an intervention, there's something that was going one way, but we intervene and it goes another way. The power of prayer is that we can actually change the directions of our lives. We can change the directions of circumstance by just saying the word and something happens. 
So it's my prayer that at the end of this morning, the end of our time together, there's things in our lives, maybe you've been thinking about them right now, that we can say the word and something shifts. We can say the word and knowing that we actually have power from God to be vice regents of his power on earth, that we can say, I'm not going to be depressed any longer. I say the word and I'm healed. Whatever pain and firmness I have, I'm going to say the word and I'm going to be healed. And that is my prayer this morning, that we can get that and experience that together and celebrate together as God does a mighty work in our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. Does anyone here play golf? No? Oh, really? This is Aberdeen. There's like more golf courses than anything else here. Right, for those of you who don't play golf, um, golf is one of those sports that it's, it's so simple in concept, but it's in practice, there's so many things that you don't actually think about until you actually play it. And, and I've had conversations with people that don't know golf or don't know about the concept of golf that when they, um, I've, I've told somebody that um, the best players and professional players can get a, a golf ball to move at 180 miles per hour, which is a lot faster than an Andy Roddick tennis serve. And then they would say something like, oh, that's because the clubs are so light. Um, and it's, it's like, but when you actually play the game, you, you get, you, things open up to you. Things open up in a way that you couldn't actually see before. And when I play, I, I, I like the game, but then I hate the game because I would be, I would be, in, I would be in a tee box and I'd say, okay, so there's trees in the left and trees in the right. So where, where's the logical place to hit the ball? <laughs> Straight. Okay. So I'm going straight down the middle, straight down the middle. Okay, so I tee the ball up, and I'm about to go, and I hit the ball, and then it just goes, pew. Right. Okay, that's not what I was going to do. Okay, tee up again, and it goes the other way, and I'm just like, four! <laughs> because that's what you shout when you, people are um, near the ball that you hit. Um, actually, the other day, I... Um, the other day, I, I hit a ball, and it was going around, and then as it's going near a person, I shouted, four, 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 and then she turned around, and then the ball hit them, like, ah, and then I was just like, five, 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 okay, that was a joke, that, that was just a joke, right, okay, that didn't happen, but um, when I was playing with Adam Rob the other, um, the other week, I, I found myself knowing that golf is not emotionally neutral, like, it's like, you can, you can, you can be in a circumstance, you can be even in, like, and work, and just think, Meh. You can be even sitting here and be like, meh. You, you can just be in date night or fa- with family and just be like, meh. But when you play golf, something happens. Like, I don't know what it is, but something gets brought up when you, you hit a shot and you're just thinking, how in the heck did that, like, I'm hitting it and it didn't do that the last time. Like, like something brick comes up and I, two shots I had that were bad in a row that, um, unfortunately, Adam had to witness my, um, my, my reaction, um, and I hit a scuff shot off the tee, and then I followed up and hit another scuff, and then I took my 60-degree lob wedge that turned it Thor's hammer, and it just went, <laughs> threw it in the air, and then you can't, do you know those situations where you say something you shouldn't have, and you're trying to grab it, but you can't, I'm just looking at this club in the air like, ah. and I'm just kind of waiting for it to come down, and following it, and then it embeds itself into the previous green while there's people like almost on it. Um, so I'm just like, oh, it almost is like Thor's hammer. <laughs> and I get it and I have to move on. And it's just, I went and left the game thinking, how, like, I'd never want to play this game again. I'm, I'm not good. And then I made the next worst decision, playing the way I played. 
I went and went on YouTube and watched a Tiger Woods highlight reel. Like, like the, only, the person who dominated the sport for two decades. Yeah, just, just play like that and you'll be okay. So I, I looked at how he's playing and just like, how, how does he do these things? Like, and I went and played like a few hours ago, just like I should be, it was almost criminal the way I played. But then now I'm watching this guy who's, who's just seemed to like everything he does, even if he's in thick grass, he gets like to this much, like close to the pin. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, and even his gifting, even his, the things that he did, his, compose, his, his um, composure under pressure, that he, there was even something known as Sunday Tiger Woods and that the best game, like the last day of the competition is when he'd play the best, and it's like, well, that's when everyone's fading, but that's when he's at his best, and it's like, how does he do that? It's, and, it, and it shocked the golf world to almost think that every golfer is now, he's bad for the game because every golfer is now competing for second best. But, it's, but I find that in my life, how I've seen things like this that happen, and I see that my lackluster performance or or things that I'm just, I'm just not have that wow factor. There's nothing really impressing about where I am just now. And then I hear faith stories like, um, like pastors Kevin and Cheryl getting six figures um, of rent just zeroed. And like, well, I want that. You know, I'll take 10 grand, you know. But, but then I see these things happen. It's like, how can I get into that place of wow faith? Where I see amazing things happen, where I'm not frustrated that I got up and I experienced this day and then I'm just, then I'm hesitant about even getting up for the next day. And it's like, how can I experience a life of faith that just goes, wow? How can I experience that life? And I'm so glad that I believe in God, that God, He doesn't tell us that we can have anything without giving us the access ramps into getting it. So in our story, we have keys that Jesus is actually, is a faith that actually astounds Jesus. Now, thinking about that for a second, a faith that astounded Jesus. Yeah. He's God. He's above time. He, he's not surprised by anything. Yeah. Yeah. But he's astounded by this guy's faith. It's like me having this tablet and going like, oh, there's words on here. <laughs> like, well, I know there's words. I put them there. <laughs> right? But Jesus is marveled. By this faith. Yeah. Let's discover how he's marveled. And we'll get keys for our lives. That we can have a faith that is marvelous as well. That we can develop a strength and a confidence in who we are in Jesus. That we can see amazing things coming to pass. Let me read from verse, uh, read from verse 3 in Luke 7. So when he heard, the centurion heard about Jesus. He sent elders of the Jews to him. Pleading with him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Now, I'll stop right there. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, that this is, it's just worth noting that a life of faith should develop a good character reference for your life. Yeah. What I mean by that is that the life you live should draw favor from the people around you. This person wasn't even a Jewish person at all, but he was somebody that he loved the nation and built a synagogue. In other words, his life produced something that people can live in. And that when people were want, when he wanted the favor of God, people were saying, you should do this for him because he's done this. He loves and he's, and he's a good man that he actually contr- contributes to society. And that's, that's what I would love 
the church to be known for, my life to be known for, is somebody that should be blessed because of the contribution that they bring to society at large. That people would say, the Junction Church, man, they love Aberdeen. They want to see this nation change. Like, I want that to be the confession of my life. A good character reference is the result of a life of faith. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. Verses 6 and 7, there's a couple of keys that I'm going to zero in on. In verse 6, it says this. And Jesus went in, and he was not already far from the house, and centurion sent friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. What I found about faith, what I've discovered in my own prayer life, is when I'm having my time to struggle, when I'm having my time of not seeing anything miraculous sort of come to pass and I'm not feeling any different. I find that it, with faith, humility and boldness come hand in hand. You can't separate them when it comes to faith. If you have humility without boldness, you have like, almost like a plappiness. It's almost like, it's, it's like a passivity and, it's, and it loses purpose. If you have a boldness without humility, you have a brashness, it's abrasive and it becomes it becomes. Um, resistant to correction. You can't separate faith, sorry, you can't separate boldness and humility. And we see that in our story where the, the centurion was so hungry and so humble towards God that he, he, he didn't want to go into his own personal presence, but he was willing to send people to do, the, do the exactly the same. He's willing to send people that he was bold enough to go. And let me talk about humility. That humility is not seeing less of myself. Humility is actually seeing more of God. Humility is seeing more of someone else. When we see more of God, we actually elevate ourselves above what we're going on around. When we see more of God. When we see more of ourselves, we become what we're around. Humility opens up the floodgates of, what, of the realities of God. And I've found when I've been in, in times where I'm not experiencing much breakthrough or I feel, I'm, just feeling, I'm, not, I'm just feeling down, I just, I just have to come to the point of just saying to God about who he is. You know, I just have to come back and say, God, I know you are my healer. God, I know you saved me and you have been and always will be faithful. And what I'm going through now does not shadow how big you are. God, I look to you because you are awesome. You are mighty. And Lord, that you bring strength to me because of who you are. I thank you, Lord God, that I am not defined by what I've done. I'm defined by who you say I am. Lord, that when I am with you, that your faithfulness endures forever. And when I am in your presence, I am strong. I am strong because of who you are. So when my weakness, your strength makes itself perfect. And I thank you, God, that when I am with you, I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And you see how when you are humble towards God, you just get bold. You get out boldness. And boldness doesn't negotiate. Boldness doesn't negotiate. He sent two people to him. First he sent the elders. And then he sent his friends. With the same request. Saying, could you heal my servant? There was no, if you could please, just 
could he, can he do it? There's no, like, no, if you're able. He knew he was able to do it, so he went and done it. Boldness doesn't negotiate. Yeah, that's good. And boldness goes as often as required. I love the fact that there was not just one person. And when, when Jesus was on his way, he sent another group of people, his own friends, saying, don't, call, don't bother coming, but just say your word. Just say your word. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to see you personally. I need to see your word working here. Wow. Just say your word. And I know that's enough. It's a boldness that develops from our faith of knowing who God is. Knowing that his word has power over sickness. Boldness. That can't be separated from faith. And, and when I look at my life, I see where have I, where have I negotiated? Like sometimes I've just been through, and maybe you can relate, where we've been through times of prayer where we, we don't see something for so long. And, and, then, and then we just, we just kind of change the way we pray. Just to kind of feel better about where we are. Feel better about what we're carrying. But boldness doesn't negotiate. Boldness says, this is the truth. And when it's true, it can't be untrue because of the circumstances. I'm going to keep speaking. I'm going to keep declaring because the truth is that God saves. The truth is that when I'm in him, I'm actually a new creation. I'm above and we're not beneath. It's that word that when we say the word, something happens. I love how he said in verse 8, if you can put it up on the screen. It's in verse 8 for, um, sorry, no, verse 7, sorry. It says, but say the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion knew that if he said something, if Jesus said something, that was enough for it to happen. That was enough for it to happen. And here's why it happens. When he says the word, when, when, Jesus, when we say the word of God, we have to understand this. This is why it happens, because it's not our word. It's his word. It's his word. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. Verse 8, please, sorry. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. The word is God's. And he knows that the word of God, everything on earth, resides underneath the word of God. Which is why it's important for us to understand that when we have the word of God, we have something that exists over the entire, in the entire sphere of influence and creation. We have the word which is powerful enough to do anything that it's sent to do. Powerful enough to do anything sent to do. Say to this, come, and he goes. The word is like, it's like our servant. A word of God is our servant. He gives it to us so we can use it to do mighty works. And it will happen because God watches over his word to perform it in your life. Jeremiah 1 verse 12. um, Jeremiah is um, in a conversation with God and God says to him, he says to him, um, I'm going to unlock my tablet. Um, I'm going to read it from the amp. It's going to go up in the New King James, but uh, I'll read it. And it says this in um, Jeremiah 1 verse 12. It says, yeah, we'll get to it out here. 
Yeah, and it says here, Jeremiah 1.12, And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. I love that. I don't have to lay awake at night watching to see if my prayers have worked. I don't have to fret. I don't have to, I don't have to strive. I don't have to struggle. I said the word, and now God watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word to perform it. I love this. It says in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. It says, so, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Wow. To me, that sounds like a winning team. To me, that sounds that if I, if I speak that word, if I obey that voice, if I follow that path, if I decide to plunge into this way, if I decide to um, plunge into the waters of baptism, if I decide to love like he loved me, there are things that he'll watch over my life to accomplish. And then the, the purpose of that word will accomplish something in my life. If we have love, we cast out fear. If we have, we have um, his presence, we cast out any fear of torment or any, any infirmity that we have. When we have his word, we do something for what God wants it to do. It's his word. He watches over it. And he watches over it to accomplish what he desires. And... That word, his word, becomes our word when we have a relationship with him. I'm going to close with this as the keys come up. His word becomes our word when we have a relationship with him. John 15, 7. It says, abide in me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. I love that. It's an, it's, an, it's an assurance that if I'm with Jesus, Jesus' words become my words. Jesus' words have power over sin and death. They have power over sickness. So my words are formed from his words, giving me power over sin and death, giving me power over sickness, giving me power over the sin that's in my life given me authority to speak things into existence to speak things into existence there's this detective game um, on the Playstation and the Xbox called called uh, Ellie Noir and um, I lost some of you but I'll bring you back right um, and when you're learning about how to conduct an interview with a criminal um, the policeman tells you the, the key parts about how to conduct an interview. And he said that you want three things. You want motive, you want opportunity, and you want, um, and you want evidence. But more importantly than that, you want a confession. Because a confession confines them to the crime. See, when you change your confession, you change your life. What you confess is what you live in. When you have the word of God, you live in the word of God. When you confess it over your life. The 
it doesn't work that you some some of us sometimes when we pray we want to see God where's the where's the evidence that you're working where's the opportunity that I can be used where's the where's the where's the motive I don't feel like this is where I where I'm at right now or where I need to go but the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom sometimes we want our motives we want evidence and we want opportunity so then we confess but the kingdom of God works different yeah. we confess and our emotions get changed we get opportunity and we see the evidence of God working in our life when we confess what Jesus has done who he is and what he's leading us into by the power of his word so we say the word because when we say the word things happen we change our lives by changing our confession we change our lives by changing our confession I don't know what it is in your life right now. But let me tell you that it's not bigger than the power of your confession. Your job situation, your family, whatever is in your future, it's not bigger than that. In the same section of scripture where prayer was first used, prophet was also used. And what is a prophet? Prophet is something that somebody that puts a word into the future while people are still stuck in today. See, I love the fact that I don't have to watch over my word cuz God does. I find in season of my life and in particular things like um like relationship, um I would be like I would come to church here and I lived down the road but when we we're dating Heidi would just drop me off um at my house and then she'd be driving home. She didn't know this but I was walking around and I was praying and I was praying for our future. I was praying for um the will of god to be done in our life and i spent this time she was driving home i spent time prophesying into our future which i'm now living in you don't see what your prayers do until you get there you don't see that you're building a future with your words until you get there your confession changes your reality you have the power to shape your future by the words you speak So let's today choose what words we're going to speak. Let's not speak the words of our past, the words of our pains, the words of our doubts, the words of our discrepancies and the things that disgruntle us. Let's speak the word of truth which always remains sure from the maker of your soul who created who created the world and knows your beginning to the end. Let's confess what he says over our lives and see our lives as fruitful. See our lives as abundant. See our lives as something that's dominant and not dominated. Let us see let us be people that say the word and things happen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.